Good morning. Good to see all you smiling faces looking back at me this morning. Now if I can just keep you awake for about 30, 45 more minutes, we'll all be friends when we leave here today, right? Right. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. You know, um, <clears throat> they uh, sang happy birthday to Montana this morning. They, uh, she turns 12, so now there's a 12-year-old in my house, a uh, 12-year-old girl nonetheless. But I did figure out over the weekend that there is one thing worse than a 12-year-old girl living in your house, and that's five 12-year-old girls being in your house. Um, it was a, a long weekend for Papa, I will tell you. We've had a lot of fun, though, so it's all worth it. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness of this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father and our God, I, I do come before you this morning as humble as I know how, asking you, Father, to, to guide this message, to, to open our hearts and our minds, Father. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is, is your words, Father. It's what you desire to be spoken. Father, I just pray for your continued guidance as, as individuals and as a church. I pray, Father, that your word would penetrate our hearts this morning, that we would be changed by your word. Father, we just want to be more of that reflection of your glory that you originally designed us to be. Father, I thank you, I love you, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 1 kind of sets the stage for what we're looking at as far as timeline goes. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Joshua was Moses' assistant through this uh, uh, majority of this trip through the wilderness. 
Um, these people have been there for 40 years. Um, they've been wandering aimlessly because of their sin. Um, of the folks that originally set out, the first generation of folks that set out on this uh, trek, they're all gone. They're dead. Joshua and Caleb are the only two left that started this thing. Moses has died. He's not going to get to go actually into the promised land. He's not going to get to lead the people. The, most of the people that started the journey, all the people that started the journey for the most part are dead. Um, they've all died. They didn't make it. They got caught up and lost in their, in their sins and got selfish. And, and it's a long journey and it's a great story to read. But we're at the end of that. Moses is gone. It's time for Joshua to step up and be the leader. And these words that were spoken to Joshua still apply to you and I today as individuals. And that's what I hope you take from this is, is the importance of these words coming straight from the mouth of God, straight and directly to Joshua. And, and he starts in verse 2. My, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, now therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people. Arise and go. Joshua just becomes commander of Israel. He's just now taken over. And the first thing God tells him is arise and go. Action words. You see that? Action words. Arise and go. Get up. You can't just sit there and expect things to happen. Joshua, get up. You've got to move. You've got to put some action to your faith. You've got to put some action to your belief. You know, it's one thing for us to sit and look at God and tell Him we believe every word He says. But it's a whole other thing when He starts to put it into motion. Right? God looks at Joshua and said, Arise. Get up. Get started. Take your first steps. It's, it's time to go. Now, if you keep reading this, you'll see that Joshua did just that. He went to the people of Israel and goes through and tells them, within the next three days, we're going to cross over this Jordan. The first thing you're going to see is the Ark of the Covenant being carried through by the Levitical priests. And when you see that, start getting your stuff together. It's time to move. And he actually gives him specific instructions to stay um, 2,000 cubits behind the Ark which is about half a mile or so. Arise and go over this Jordan. You know, the children of Israel are just across the river from everything that God has promised them. This is their inheritance. This is what they've been guaranteed. This is what they've been, has been talking about and dreaming about throughout this entire trip through the wilderness is this promised land. And it's just over the Jordan River. How many of us sit here today with the promises of God just the other side of the Jordan? And the Jordan in your life may not be a river. As a matter of fact, the Jordan in your life may not be physical at all. It may be something else you've got to get over to reach the promises of God. Something else you've got to get past in your life to get to the promises of God. He's promised it to you. It's there, it's waiting on you. But you're just sitting there looking at it. Can I tell you, the first thing you got to do is get up, arise, 
And, and you've got to get over this Jordan, whatever this Jordan is, this Jordan can represent a multitude of things in your life. It could, it could represent sin. It, it, it could represent a, a situation or a scenario that's going on in your life. It could represent something that's anything that's blocking you from attaining the promises of God. He's promised these things. They're just over this Jordan. They're just on the other side. And all you got to do is get up and get over it. Get up, arise, and go over this Jordan. Get to the other side of whatever it is that's blocking you from the promises of God. Whatever it is that's holding you back from the promises of God. The list of things it could be are, are at least this long whole multitude of things that are holding God's people back from receiving the promises the things that he wants them to have the things that he desires for his people to have he wanted his people the children of Israel to have this inheritance he wanted them to have this land yet they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness to get there why because of their sin because of their actions because they kept getting focused on something other than God. And now here they are standing at nothing but, them, nothing but a river between them and the promises that for 40 years they've been chasing after. Some of us have been chasing for way longer than 40 years the promises of God. The things you know He's promised you. And it's nothing between you and them but this Jordan. Arise and go over this Jordan, whatever it is. So the first thing you've got to do this morning is to be able to define what the Jordan is in your life. What is it that's holding you back? What is it that's between you and these promises God has made to you? He wants you to have it. He wouldn't have promised it to you if He didn't want you to have it. So what is it that's between you and your promises this morning? What's there? First thing you got to do is identify it. For Joshua, it was the Jordan River. Jordan River. It looked huge. It looked uncrossable. <laughs> I'm sure Joshua stood and thought, man, the Jordan River, that's a big old river. <laughs> and i got to get all these people. Now, you know, a lot of times we get in our minds about all these people how many people do you figure it was, the children of Israel? A couple thousand? No, you're way off. <laughs> A couple hundred thousand? No, you're still way off. Most estimates say somewhere around a million. Those are estimates. That number's not written in Scripture verbatim anywhere. But they estimate it to be somewhere around a million folks. So when he says... Arise and go, you and this people. He's talking about a million folks. So the first thing Joshua's thinking about is the size of this river and then behind him, the size of this crowd. The, how am I going to get that many people over that? But you know what? Jo he ne Joshua never asked that question. You know why? Because God told him to arise and go and it's going to happen. And you know what? Joshua believed him. All he needed to know was that God said it and he was going to trust it. 
So whatever that Jordan is, whatever that brokenness is, whatever that hindrance is that's between you and the promises of God, God said arise and go over it and that's all you need to know is God He doesn't tell you how a lot of times. He doesn't break it down a lot of times exactly how it's going to happen. Now eventually He's going to break this down for Joshua and you know what He's going to tell him? Imagine this. This is what He's going to tell him. This crazy God we got. You know what He tells Joshua? He said, Joshua, you get 12 men from the 12 tribes to pick up the Ark of the Covenant, the priests. And you tell them to to walk through the camp and to go straight to that Jordan. And when when their toes, when their feet hit the edge of that water, that water is going to stand up and stop flowing. And you and the children of Israel are going to cross over this Jordan on dry ground. Joshua bought every every bit of that hook, line, and sinker. He believed it. You know why he believed it? Because God said it. He didn't sit and talk about how, how impossible it was. He didn't sit and ponder on how this has never happened before. This river has never stopped flowing. This river has never stood up in a heap as is described in scriptures. He didn't ponder on that. He just said, you know what? Okay, God, if you say so. Because along the way before he gets to getting those instructions, he gets some more promises. Let's look at those. Remember now, the first thing was arise and go over this Jordan. You and all this people. First, we've got to identify our Jordan. Then we've got to get up and get going, right? If we're going to get to the promises of God, we've got to identify what stands between us and those promises. Then we've got to get up and get over it, whatever it is. And you've got to have confidence that you can do that because God said you can do that. Not for any, You don't have to analyze it. You don't have to break it down. You don't have to look it over. You don't have to do anything but do what God says do, Okay. Keep reading with me. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people. Stop right there, first of all. When you do what God says, it ain't just you that benefits. No matter how small you think you are, no matter how individual you think you are, I promise you, when you do what God says do and you receive promises that God gave you, it'll be you and all this people. There'll be other people that benefit, other people that are blessed because you got up and you got over it. It'll be other people on down the line, people you may never even meet that are going to be affected by your decision to get up and get over it, by your decision to be strong and courageous, by your decision to get over that Jordan, to identify it, look at it, listen to God and approach it however He says approach it. I promise you it'll be you and all this people. Now it might not be the numbers that we're talking about with Joshua and the children of Israel. I don't know. It may be numbers bigger than that. But I can assure you it won't just be you. See, God's never given you anything just so you can have it. Everything He's ever dealt to you, everything He's ever given to you, He meant it for you to use to bless other people. God didn't give you His grace so you can stick it in your pocket and tell people you received grace. God gave you His grace so you can share it with other people. God didn't give you His love so you can stick it in your backpack and carry it everywhere you go so you can show people you got it. God gave you His love so you can give it to other people. 
Everything you've ever been through, everything you've ever been dealt by God is meant for you to use to carry on a display of His glory. You know even the bad things in your life are that way? The most horrible things you can think of. They were given to you so that you could share with other people. I have a story in my life that's living proof of that. By now, most of you know that Amanda and I have had two miscarriages. And at the second church that I pastored, one Wednesday night, I was up in the pulpit leading a Bible study, and I looked up, and there was a young lady that came through the back door and then went over into the nursery. And she was broken. I mean, she was toe up from the flow up. Broken. So I finished up what I was doing and I grabbed Amanda and I said, I don't know who that was that just came in this door, but somebody needs us. And we went back to the nursery where this lady was at. And it turned out to be a daughter-in-law of a lady who attended there with us. And I mean, she was broken. And I asked her, we went into the room, and I said, what can we do for you? And she said, I don't know. I said, okay. <laughs> What's the matter? She said, well, I don't even know why I'm here. And I said, really? She said, I normally, at this stop sign out here, turn left to go home. Tonight I turned right, and I ended up here. And I decided to come in the door. I said, okay. So what's going on? She said, I just left the doctor where they told me I've had a miscarriage and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I can't tell you what you feel, but I can tell you what we felt when we were where you are tonight. I've been there. So see, God didn't just use even that horrible thing in our lives just for us. We were able to somewhere down the line pull that out and minister to somebody else who was standing at the edge of that Jordan. <laughs> Right? So you and all these people, listen, when you make the decision to arise and go and achieve the promises of God and receive the promise, it ain't just for you. God ain't never gave you nothing just for you. Never. Nothing. He gives it to you so you can share it with other people. Whatever it is. So when you make this decision, it isn't a decision that just affects you. And the opposite's true too. It isn't a decision when you decide to just sit on the pew or just sit on the couch and not get up and not get over it. It also has a negative impact on not just you, but all this people. Right? Arise. Go over this Jordan. You and all this people. Keep reading with me. And the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5. Now that, that's a... That's a measurement if you have Bible maps, access to it, maybe in your Bible or some kind of study resource, you should sit down and map out the size of this promise. It's a big promise. And, and it's one that those measurements were given in this word for a reason. So that you and I could look back at it and look at the size of this promise. 
You can map it out, literally. And see what was on the other side of that Jordan. The size of the promise that God is trying to get Joshua to lead these people to receive. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. My goodness, what a promise. No wonder Joshua was able to do such great things for God, right? I mean, if I was in a place where I received a promise, where God told me He'd never, ever go send me anywhere that He didn't go with me, if He was able to look at me and say, no enemy will prevail against you, look at what I could do. That gum, Joshua had it made, right? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know who that's for? All of us. So the same promise that Joshua got from God that nobody can ever whoop you, now, wait a minute, kids. I said that wrong. You can still be whooped. If you, if you have got mom and dad like I got, matter of fact, it ain't you can be, you going to be. But no man can stand against you. Joshua received that promise that no man, for the rest of your life, for all the days of your life, no man can stand against you. I get that same promise from God. Amen? See here, he goes on to tell him, look at this. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Look at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. You know, it's going to take some strength and some courage maybe to get over your Jordan. Not maybe, it's going to. It's going to. It's going to, it's going to, take, it's going to take strength and courage for you to be able to get over this Jordan, whatever you identify this Jordan as. But listen, it ain't your strength that you're dependent on. It ain't your courage that you're dependent on. It ain't but one source of the courage and the strength that it's going to take to accomplish what God has set before us to accomplish. And that's strength and courage that only He can supply. See, He didn't just tell Joshua to be strong and courageous, he also told him the source of it. I'm going to be with you all the day. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Right? No man can stand against you all the days of your life. That's where strength and courage comes from. Right? It's when you know God's got your back. And can't nobody win against you? How can you not be strong and courageous? You know, not long after this, Joshua goes on a little trek up to a place called Jericho. Y'all ever heard about that? Oh, it's a neat little story, let me tell you. Joshua leads the children of Israel up to this place called Jericho. They done sent out spies, and the spies done come back and said, We ain't got a chance. We all going to die. Joshua said, no, God said do it, so we're going to do it. And it's a great big place, and they got great big high walls, and they got this huge army. And God tells Joshua, you get your guys together, and for seven days, you're going to march around this place for six of those days, one lap a day. 
not making a sound. On the seventh day, when you march around this place, you're going to take horns and trumpets. And you're going to make three laps on the seventh day. And you're going to blow them horns on the third day. And on the third day, them walls of that city are going to fall. You ain't got to fire a shot. You ain't got to throw a rock. You just got to trust me. And They do that. They take off and go walking around these walls, and it's, it's a pretty good journey around this place. It's a big old place. And for six days, they make a lap. And on the seventh day, on that last lap, when they blowed them horns, you know what happened? Them walls fell, and then people inside there freaked plumb out and took off running. <laughs> That's what happened. You know why Joshua was able to have the courage to stand up and do that, to lead people to do that? Do you know how, first of all, how foolish you would feel if I came to you and said, hey, we're fixing to go in a battle, but we ain't going to take no guns, we're going to take horns? Well, I mean, we got officers of the law and, and Marines and Army people and all kinds of folks. You know what they tell me? Brother, you're crazy. Give my gun. And I don't blame them. I'd want mine too. Do you know why Joshua was able to do that? Because he had strength and courage. And you know where it came from? The knowledge that God had made him a promise. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. No man shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. With that kind of knowledge, that kind of courage, that kind of strength, there ain't nothing you can't accomplish. So I don't know what the Jordan might be in your life, you got to identify it. But God has given you every tool you need to get over it. Everything you need, He's already supplied for you to cross that Jordan, whatever it is. Some of you may be looking at a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or a porn addiction. You may be sitting there looking at that going, man, that's a big old Jordan. I've been staring at this Jordan for years and years. Well, I'm here to tell you God has equipped you to cross that Jordan. He's given you everything you need to get up and get over it. He's given you every promise you need to give you the courage and the strength to fight that thing and get over that thing and walk through that thing. Because just on the other side of it lies the promises of God. So many things that He wants to do for you, to you, and through you for so many other people that are just laying there dormant because you won't get up and get over it. Because somewhere along the line, somebody convinced you that your strength and your courage comes from within you. No, it don't. You're weak. You're scared. Without the knowledge that God will never leave you nor forsake you, without the knowledge of knowing that there's not an enemy in this world that can defeat you, listen, the worst thing they can do to you in this world is take your life. As a Christian, you know what that means? It just began. It just started. See, it's not based on courage that's inside of you. It's not based on how strong you are. It's based on how much you trust God. And you know, trusting God goes with trusting His timing too. <laughs> Sometimes that's the hard part. Sometimes we want the wall to fall on the first day so we don't have to walk in Mother Six. We wouldn't be mad if it fell the third day. But at the end of the fourth, we're going, God, I just don't believe you can do it, and we quit marching. 
because we was relying on our strength. We was relying on our courage. And we ain't got much. We really don't. If the source ain't right, you'll run out. Verse 6, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Now some of you look at me and go, okay, you're at a, you're at a, you're at a hard spot here because, say, we don't live under the law. We ain't got to keep all that. And I'd go, yeah, you're right, but it translates. <laughs> it applies. See, the, 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 the old law, we don't have to live under anymore, but we still have a law to keep, don't we? See, think of what it would be like if we didn't have any law at all, if there were no rules. We, we, we imply this to our kids in Awandas this way. In their book, they come to a place where it talks about the law and the importance of the law. And it tells them to have a tic-tac-toe game with anybody they want to with no rules. And they bring me their book and their little tic-tac-toe, tic-tac-toe thing and I go, ha-ha, you can't win. And I go, X, X, X and hand it back to them. I win. And they go, well, you can't do that. Why not? There's no law. There's no rules. I said, okay, we'll do something different. And they hand it back to me. This time I'll go, oh, 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 I'll still win. And I hand it back to them. They go, that's not fair. Why not? There's no rules. There's no law. So now they've caught on to me. Now it's a race to see who can get their X's and O's on the paper first. You know what that is? Chaos. Somebody usually gets stabbed with a pencil. And it's not me because I don't like to lose. <laughs> I take good care of your kids in Awanas. Don't ever doubt that. <laughs> that little prickly place in their hand was a teachable moment. <laughs> Be proud I was willing to sacrifice on their behalf. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and those, those games of tic-tac-toe without rules is what life would look like if we just completely removed all the law and there was none. It would just be every man for himself in total chaos all the time. So see, although the old law has been fulfilled, there's still law. We still have rules. There's still guidelines. It's still not just do whatever feels good to you. If you look throughout Scripture, there are multiple times that evil things took place and they went to God and said, what happened? He said, this is what happens when you do what feels right, when you do what you perceive is right. See, we have to have the rightness that God has. We have to determine what's right and wrong based on what God thinks about it. Well, in order to do that, we have to have His law of some kind, right? So listen to me. That transforms over, not necessarily the law that Moses had, but the law, the new law. We still have it. And listen to what this says. This still counts today. This still implies to the same way. Listen, do not turn from it to the right hand or the left. Huh? you got to be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law. 
You've got to be strong and very courageous. Now remember, God is supplying the strength and God is supplying the courage. This isn't based on what you're able to do. This is based on your dependency upon Him. Do not turn from it to the right hand or the left. In other words, don't stray off one way or the other. Just stay with what God says do. Just stay with it and look what happens if you're able to do that. That you may prosper wherever you go. No matter what happens, you're going to prosper. No matter what you take on, you're going to prosper if you stay on this path. If you continue to draw upon the strength and the courage that God supplies so that you can follow this law and not stray from it right to left, you will prosper. Not you might. Not if, you, if, not if, the, if the timing's right. You will prosper. You will be successful. Now is that the kind of successful lot of, that the world looks at as success? Not always. Not always. Can be, but not always. Keep going, we're about done. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Meditate in it day and night. It's hard for you to follow the writings of something you don't know what it says. <laughs> you got to know what's written in it. You got to lock it in. You got to hold on to it. You got to think on it and dwell on it and meditate on it. You got to spend some time with it. There's no way you know what the instructions say if you ain't never read the instructions. You can't do it. Can't, you can't. You have to read the instructions. You have to know what it says. And then meditate on it. For then, listen, if you do that, if you do that, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. If you will do that. So you got to define this Jordan you got to get up and get over it, not based on your strength and, and your courage and your ability, based on God's. And in order to draw from that, we got to figure out what's written in the law and then stay with that law. Now, I'm not preaching this morning that grace and mercy don't exist. Don't get that from this. That's not what I'm saying at all because without grace and mercy, wouldn't narrow one of us have a shot. But what I am telling you is just because the Ten Commandments were fulfilled in, 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 in the Old Testament and we're living in the New Testament doesn't mean that none of this applies. We still have law. Jesus said that he summed it all up in two things. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Now you think about those two things. There was two divisions, two different categories in the Ten Commandments. The first commandments dealt with our relationship with God. The rest of the commandments dealt with our relationship with others. And Jesus said there's two that fulfill them all. Love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and your neighbor as yourself. So if you love your neighbor with your heart, soul, and mind, will you have any other God before him? 
Oh, it gets fulfilled, don't it? If, if you love your neighbor as yourself, will you murder? No. See how it gets fulfilled through those two things? So there is still law. We are still following some instructions. And you know what? All those promises that God promised are still on the table. Some of us are sitting on the other side of the Jordan wondering how we're going to get to them when all you got to do is get up and get over it. Now I want to tell you something. For some reason we make this into some kind of fairy tale and we try to convince people how easy it's going to be. And it's not going to be easy. Not, not in a part of it. It's not going to be easy. As a matter of fact, walking this Christian walk is very hard. It's difficult. Most people don't make it because it is so hard. And things like this right here. Flip in your Bible over to Joshua chapter 3. Let's see. Let me find out where we want to be. I don't think I gave Nathan and them this one. As a matter of fact, I gave him some we didn't use, and then I didn't give him the one I'm going to use. So you're welcome, Nathan. Joshua chapter 3, start in verse 14. This is that story I was telling you about, about the ark and, and crossing the Jordan. <clears throat> the reading between here and there is very important, and, and you should do that sometime, but because of time's sake, we're not going to do that this morning. I'm going to start right here in verse 14 in Joshua chapter 3. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people... And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan flows, overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam. Now if you look at a map and you do a little searching and digging, Adam's about 18 miles upstream. But I this is the part of this I want you to notice. Now, it's a miraculous thing that the water stood up in a heap and stopped flowing 18 miles upriver so these folks could get across on. But I want you to notice something. What caused that miracle to take place was obedience. And he didn't say, walk up to the edge. He didn't say, before you get there, I'll have it done. What did he say? Going to get your feet wet. <laughs> Sometimes we expect God to do it all and us not have to suffer anything, and it don't work like that. He said when the, when the priests get in the water, whatever your Jordan is, you may get your feet wet. Don't walk up to the edge of it this evening, turn around, walk away, and go, that preacher's lying, God didn't do nothing. He said you got to get your feet wet. You may come out of this thing with wet socks. I don't know about y'all, but to my wife, that's the worst thing in the whole entire world. She'll burn the house down over wet socks on her feet. She'll walk through the house and walk by the refrigerator where I've been there to fix a glass of ice water and a, just a little chip fell. I mean, it wasn't that big a deal to me, you know. I may have even took one foot and kicked most of it under the refrigerator. Look, all the women are looking at their men right now going, I live with that guy too. And then she'll come by about 20 minutes later and when she hits that thing, she'll go, Oh, what the? Ho, 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 my sock's wet. Whoa, what happened? I don't know what happened. 
Who got water in the floor? And it's like it's the end of the world because you got a wet foot. I'm like, for heaven's sakes, dear, you got more than one pair of socks. Take them off, dry your foot, and put on another. <laughs> hey, when you're trying to get over that Jordan, sometimes you're going to end up with wet socks. And as awful as it may be to you, and as horrible and as stinky as it may be to you, if you'll just get your feet wet and you'll just do what God's asked of you, I promise you, His part is going to take place. Don't believe the fairy tales that when you become a Christian, all this just gets magical and easy because it ain't. It gets tough. Sometimes people get harder to love. huh? Sometimes people have to be asked to leave because they don't know how to act. Sometimes, sometimes everything you knew changed. That should be every time, by the way, according to Scripture. Don't believe it's going to be easy. You may have to get your feet wet. But I promise on the other side of that Jordan is a promise like you ain't never seen. Man, if you can get your hands on the promises of God, it'll all be worth it, wet socks and all. You know what I'm saying? It'll be worth it. I promise you. The battle is worth the reward every time. Don't quit fighting. Listen, identify your Jordan, whatever it is. Arise and get over it. Whatever that takes. Hey, it ain't going to be easy. You may get your feet wet. You may have to get your feet in the water. But look, everybody but the priests crossed over on dry ground. You know, I told you earlier, you and all this people, sometimes your obedience causes a blessing to happen in somebody else's life. You may have got your feet wet, but look at the blessing they got, the story they can tell. Amen? Stay with it. Don't, don't, don't give up on it. You may have to get your feet wet, but I promise you on the other side of that Jordan lies the promises of God, and you can't imagine how special they are. Y'all stand with me.